Football on the Sports Social Podcast Network is brought to you by BetVictor, where new signings are guaranteed a great debut. Join and choose your welcome offer at betvictor.com. 18 plus, begambleaware.org. NFL Sunday Ticket is now on YouTube and YouTube TV, which means that it just got easier to be an NFL fan, even if you live far away. Like, maybe you like the Bears, but you're hibernating in Panthers territory. But with NFL Sunday Ticket, your out-of-market team is never more than a short distance away. Specifically, the distance from you to your remote control. NFL Sunday Ticket, now on YouTube and YouTube TV. Go to youtube.com slash presale to get $50 off. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends 919. No refund. Subscription auto renews. Hi, my name is Jonna, and I play football for Chelsea FC and for the Swedish national team. And you are listening to the Blue Day podcast. Hello Chelsea supporters, welcome to the Blue Day podcast. I am your host, the man with a face for podcasting, Keith Lawrence, and to join me on this episode are my two co-hosts. They are Ron Chopper-Harris and Gary Chivers. Gentlemen, how are we today? Yeah, yeah fine, fine. Yeah, Brilliant. buzzing. Buzzing. Well, I'm assuming you're buzzing because of the recent Chelsea results and the game against Leeds United tomorrow. Well, I, I thought our... Our, our performance against, against Everton was unbelievable. I thought I thought we were brilliant, absolutely brilliant, um, to a man. Played, mm. I, I, which was going to be a, I thought going to be a really really difficult game for us. Um, yeah, we, we we played ever so well, and we're looking good. What do you reckon, Ron? Yeah, no, I think that uh, <laughs> yeah, obviously Liverpool are going through a bit of a dodgy. Uh, Spell as regards results, but I think the Everton result was uh, was top top draw. I think they, uh, you know, they played well, and the good thing at the moment is that uh, we we're not conceding too many goals. Whereas before, it was always a little bit iffy that you had to score a couple of goals to, you know, to to get you know a result. But uh, no, I think they've done very well the last uh, what <laughs> seven or eight matches. That, or nine matches that they're undefeated, so uh, let's hope that uh, <clears throat> the results continue to go in our favour, Chips. We seem more comfortable at the back as well, don't we? We don't seem sort of whereby, with all due respect, under Frank, we was possibly a little bit naive with the ball as defenders, but now we just look more accomplished and we're okay to take it from defence to midfield. And even when we've got players attacking us, we don't look like we're going to just go down under the pressure, do we? Well, well, I was going to say that I think that uh, the managers changed the system a wee bit by playing, say, like three central defenders and two two wing backs, and the system at the moment seems to be doing ever so well, and it seems to suit the players that uh, he's picking. Well, if you look at James as a as a fullback, I mean, he he, he loves getting forward. Alonso. Never stays at left back anyway. He could be on the right wing, um, so you need that little bit of cover at the back, which ensures that, that they're, 
you know, you're never struggling. You've always got that extra man. But the performances from the back, back five or, if you'd like to say, have been, have been exceptional. I, I don't know what's happened to Christiansen, but he, he looks one hell of a player now. And I thought, I thought we was in for a difficult time, uh, against the, the Everton, the, the big, what was his name? Uh, the double barrel name, Seth Calvert Paul. Lewin. Calvert Lewin. And, and with Charleston, I thought it was going to be a, diff, a really, really diff, difficult game for him. And it, it, it swept him aside. I, I thought it was a, a, a great, great, great performance by him. Did you two uh, play with sort of three, five at the back in your playing days at all? And, and, and if you did, just sort of describe to myself and the listeners the, the actual difference in defensive shape and sort of the, the defensive sh- setup. Well, I think that uh, if I if I go first, yes, I think in our time nobody ever played that way, did they? Three at the back. Then sometimes they played with a, a back four with a sweeper. If you played in some of these European ties, but I can't ever recollect in you know my time at Chelsea that we ever stayed uh, with just three people at the back. The, the, the only the only time. The only time we've done anything like that, and I think Ron was about 68 and still playing. Um, <laughs> and he, he played in a, a defensive midfield role, um, which, which was like a Macaulay role, what you like to say. And because Ron couldn't get forward, he used to encourage me to get forward. Um, and if I went forward, he would just slot in. Um, Ron was the, one of the first ones ever to play in that position where he just... He just guarded the two centre halves, and it and it worked for us, Ron, didn't it? Yeah, we, uh, you know, we, we, you know, it suited me because uh, I never had to get forward so much or anything like that. I was just a safeguard uh, from counter attacks from the opposing side, so uh, I enjoyed it. It was something different to me uh, playing that way, and uh, as I say, it seemed to work quite well. Yeah. In regards to the Liverpool and Everton game, the one thing that sort of came out to me was how comfortable we was on the ball in our attacking third and players like Mason Mount, who consistently are playing to a high standard. And if you look at Timo Werner, yes, the goals still aren't there for him, but his movement off the ball's tremendous at the moment. Well, I think Mason Mount, you know, seems to be getting better and better as the season uh, is progressing and uh, you know uh, I, you know obviously people you know because we we do the hospitality I've always said to people I'd rather judge the players after I've seen them for a fair time and I think the lad is getting seems to be getting better and better he's a very confident lad on the ball he's always looking for the ball and as regards to the telephone he's been in the position uh, I know he's missed the chances, but at least he's getting in the position to maybe score a goal or two. So hopefully he'll have a bit of luck for him and uh, instead of it in the post and coming out, they'll hit the post and go in. But don't you think, Ron, the thing about I like about Mason Mount, he's, he's actually, for the last couple of games, gone to another level. I, I think he's been outstanding, both both attacking but defending as well. I mean, he gets back and he chases and he hurries down, he closes down. I think well, he's been brilliant. And and what's happened to Havertz? Havertz looks a, a different player altogether. Seems like he's settled down into his position. Um, he's wanting the ball. He's making the right runs. He's holding it up. And he's a handful at the moment. They've all sort of clicked at the same time, which would have happened anyway. But they yeah. just seem to have done it at the same time. 
Well, just I think you you you, you know yourself. If you're always <coughs> you're always in with a chance. If you're keeping clean sheets, whereas before we couldn't do that. But hopefully the clean sheets continue going, and you'll always get an opportunity of sticking the ball in the back of the net. And uh, <coughs> let's hope the the results keep on going in our favour. Chelsea definitely, for me, look a different side to what they were under Frank. They do look more assured. They look more comfortable defensively. And the fact that players are coming in, you know, out from the cold, really, and the likes of Havertz has come in, and he was exceptional against Everton. I know there were some people were a little bit sceptical when he came in, thinking he hasn't played a lot of football. And we've even Thomas Tuchel playing the likes of Jorginho and Kovacic still in midfield. There's rumours of potentially Jorginho going. Um, there's, there's a rumour going round, especially in Italy, that he might be going back to Serie A. Gents, would you be surprised if Jorginho left Chelsea at the end of the season? Well, I think it, obviously uh, his agent's got to be working out the figures and seeing how much it is for the agent's pocket. So, uh, you know, the, the people seem to move around nowadays a lot more frequent. Uh, you know, than what it was in our time. But uh, no, I, I think the fella's done ever so well. And hopefully that he'll, uh, if it is, these rumours are true, uh, you know, he, he decides to stay at Chelsea. Yeah, I'd, I'd like to keep him as well. I think he's a, a, a decent player and he's another one who's playing well. But when you've got eight or nine or, or even ten players playing well, you're going to win games. And he just looks comfortable in there. You know, he's the one who they, they always, he's always got a bit of time on the ball. Obviously, he lacks a bit of pace, um, which he brought down, I think, was the Everton player, I think, the other day. Um, but on the ball, he's, he's tremendous. And, and, and players have got that confidence in giving him the ball. You know, but we're all clicking as a team to a man. If you go round to every, every player that's playing at the moment, they're all playing well. You know, I, I hope Timo Werner gets a goal that comes off his knee or his ear or, or something like that. He's just, he seems to be hurrying up his strikes as, I don't know, he's, he's, he's snatching a little bit. And that's, that's all to do with confidence. And when he gets one, he'll get two, three, four and five. He's getting in the right positions. And that's the main thing. The other player uh, this week has been linked with moves and it's, partly gathered pace, not in this country, but in others, has been Christian Pulisic. There's, you know, again, as you said, Ron, agents possibly touting their clients to other clubs, but there's rumours that he could be off in the summer. Apparently he's, he's far from happy from with his you know, first-team opportunities at the moment. But, you know, these are players that have got so much potential going forward and the way Thomas Tuchel likes to play football, surely players of this ilk would look look at themselves and think, I should stay at least for another season, see how it goes out. Because even this season, he he's been injury prone. So I don't, you know, looking at them rumours, I don't understand where that would come from and why Chelsea would look to sell him anyway. Because we paid a lot of money for him in the yeah. first place. Well, I think he's he's one of these fellas that's. Uh... You know, can't command a, a regular spot. Maybe if he was to play regular, uh, he would be a lot more happier and uh, maybe find the back of the net. But, uh, you know, uh, I suppose short shifts or two with these agents nowadays, the more the players move around, the more the agents earn. So uh, maybe he's a little bit unsettled. He's not, there's nothing worse than, and I'm sure Chips would tell you that, 
when you're training every day of the week and you look at the team sheet and, you, and you're not including, uh, you you think to yourself, well, is it worth it? Is it is it worth me going somewhere else where I can get a regular spot? So uh, at the moment, he's just got to, you know, I don't say unfortunate that sides winning because people don't like to change a winning team. Well, I, I, I'm, in, in certain respects, I'm glad he's not playing because it means that the players that are playing are playing that well. And you've just got to force, you know, you've got to wait for your chance. And when he's, and he will get a chance. He will get a chance. He'll, he'll come into the, he'll come into the team. But when the team's playing well, you've got to come in and play well to keep your position. And he'll get a chance. It's just being patient. I'm quite glad he's unhappy because it means that the players that are playing are playing really, really well to keep him out. You know, so he's just got to be patient. Wait for his chance, but when he gets his chance now, he's got to take it. And if he plays one or two games a little bit off form, there'll be people on the bench like he is at the moment wanting to come back into the side and take his position. You just got, you got. To, when you get your chance, you just got to take it, and he's just got to be patient. He'll be okay. Well, with regards to taking the opportunities and taking chances, Thomas has done that with our left wing-backs in Alonso and Ben Chilwell. He seems as if he's got a bit of an understanding with them where he's rotated them now you know, in certain games. Probably didn't happen too much back when you two were playing, but it certainly had an effect on Chelsea so far. Well, I think whoever plays in, in that formation, uh, I think Alonso is ever so good in that role because uh, he's good at getting forward. Uh, so I don't think there's that much difference uh, between the two of them, but the system seems to suit, I think, Alonso better than it does the other lad. Yeah, but the way the way the way I see that, I, I, I see as Chilwell as a, uh, as a better defender, and if you've got someone with a, a bit of pace on that right hand side, you're going to be playing Chilwell. You're going to play play Ben Chilwell against him. If if you're playing at home. And you want your, your, your defender to get forward like Alonso does. Obviously, without no, um, how, how can I say, responsibility, um, you play Alonso because Alonso would just drift forward all the time. He loves getting in the other half. He loves getting in the in the opponent's box, and he comes up with the odd goal. Um, so defensively, you go with Chilwell ten times out of ten. Offensively, you, you'll go with Alonso against against the. Not, I shouldn't say the poorer sides, but possibly the weaker sides. So at the moment, Chelsea are looking quite well for a fourth place finish. The next games that Chelsea have in the Premier League, Leeds United tomorrow, which we will discuss. West Brom at home, Palace away, Brighton at home and then West Ham away. Those are the next five Premier League fixtures. Gents, just sort of predicting a little bit further forward. Would you expect maximum points from those games? Well, I think that, uh, you know, the game at Leeds is, is going to be a tough fixture. Uh, you know, because, you know, despite <laughs> the goings on years, over the years between Chelsea and Leeds, it's always a tough fixture. Uh, as regards to, to West Ham, I think they've done ever so well, uh, you know, to be where they are at the moment. But I think when you're playing a team that's up there with you, it's important that you win them and you cop three points and they lose three points as regards to, to Brighton. Uh, I think it's going to be a tough game because they're fighting. They're on the, 
you know, the relegation and, and Chip sees them a lot more than I've seen them. But, you know, I think out of those four games, if, if Chelsea can finish up getting, what, nine points or ten points, uh, you know, I, I think they've done ever so well. Yeah, they're, they're, they're going to be tough games. I mean, you mentioned, I think you mentioned Palace there as well. Yeah. Brighton, you know, they're, 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 like you say, they're fine. But they're games that if, if you look on paper, you're going to win. Mm. You know, if we play any anywhere near like we're playing at this present moment in time, they're games where you look at, we're, we're going to take three points. doesn't matter if it's Brighton, uh, West Brom. They're all difficult games. But if you look on paper, that that's, yeah. And, and and I'll be uh, Ron's gone for uh, did you go for 10 points Ron did you I I reckon 12 I reckon 12 I, I, I reckon yeah the way we're playing at the moment we're playing exceptionally well well I'll tell you what I'll do gents I'm, I'm going to write these down so say how many points we've got after the five games and then after the five games we will look back and then we'll sort of uh, go who, who was sort of ne- nearer the mark um, but We've got Leeds United tomorrow, as as we've as we've established, and you know Leeds and Chelsea don't like each other. We obviously don't; they don't get on. Um, Ron, obviously, you played in the infamous 1970 FA Cup final against Leeds, and you know ev- everyone who's you know followed Chelsea to a certain age has seen yeah. the DVDs, has watched the game. Was the in- intensity still there? As well as obviously that infamous FA Cup final, because you know Leeds at the time were doing so well, and Chelsea were trying to get to that point. You know what was the rivalry like at, at that stage? Well, I think that uh, you know going back to 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 our you know our team, we you know Leeds had a reputation of being really really tough side. Uh, you know with the likes of Big Jack and Norman and and them. Uh, but I think that uh, if, if if sides played against them and they were a little bit iffish, they would steamroll over. Uh, whereas, you know, in the games that we played against Leeds, I think we had uh, some tough guys and also the likes of Charlie Cook and Pete Rosgood, whereas they had like Eddie Gray <coughs> and Johnny Giles. And uh, I think it was always a tough, tough fixture. Uh, they were a good side, and I've always said that uh, I think they should have won a lot more than they did. But they always seem to fall along the wayside. But uh, from my point of view, it was always nice to play against Leeds because you always had to roll up your sleeves uh, and fight back. And I think we had the players in the side at Chelsea uh, to be able to do that. And when you go back to the cup final, I think they are the toughest like two games, like the first game when was a draw and we went to a replay and I think they're the toughest games and when you look at some of the tackles that went on uh, you'd have been banned for life today whereas before nobody even said anything you was a little bit late Ron weren't you on a couple but just a little bit probably about an hour well I, I was never I was never the quickest anyway just was it <laughs> but they're, they're playing good stuff um they played some good stuff, Leeds, didn't they? Now with, with mm. the, the manager Bielsa, the, the way he's got him playing, but they're yeah. they're very they're very up and down at the moment. They they play one game or a couple of games well, and then you see them in another game, and they seem to have lost it. They 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 lose their way easily in in matches at, at key times in matches as well. 
I do like that Patrick Bamford, who was at Chelsea for a time. He didn't get his chance. He had to go away. And Bamford's done okay for Leeds so far. And there's a lot of talk about the goalkeeper. People have sort of raved about him as well. For me, he looks a bit skinny for me as as a top-class goalkeeper. But, yeah, as you say, Leeds are very, very yo-yo at the moment. So they could turn up tomorrow and cause us a scare. But then, on the other hand, they could roll over and we could end up winning 5 or 6 nil. It Leeds are that type of side. Gary, what was obviously your memories of watching Leeds United in that time? Well, there, there was always a good football inside. You know, they had some great players. Uh, Ronnie, Ronnie turned around and said, you know, you, you look at you know players like Mick Jones, Alan Clark in the 70s, but there was always a decent football inside and they played good football. And always going to Ellen Road, that is a tough, tough place to go to. The crowd get behind them. Um, they're a good crowd for Leeds. They get good good, good supporters when the turnstiles uh, were open. But it's always a difficult place. Always a difficult place to go. It'd be, it'd be a tough game. It'd be a t- tough game. But it's, it's important that we don't worry about them, that we stamp out our authority on the game. You know, let us dictate the play. The way we're playing at the moment, we've got no worries going into the game. And if you look at their, their next few games, they're all all very, very, very winnable games. Would you expect someone like Timo Werner to start up top or play, play on the left with Olivier Giroud? I think, personally, I think Olivier Giroud would be perfect for tomorrow's game. Yeah, you know, when Giroud does win the, the knockdowns, which he wins his fair share... Timo's a little bit in and around him so we can feed off of him. You know, sometimes I look at Giroud and sometimes he's up there on his own trying to hold the ball up with no one to give it to. I'd like to see uh, Timo Werner a little bit closer to him at times. Ron, how how impressed have you been with the you know, players like Rhys James and Hudson-Odoi? Because they seem to have a, a very good uh, combination partnership on that right-hand side, don't they? I think the uh, I think they've done ever so well uh, the, the two of them. Uh, I think the lad James is has got a fantastic future ahead uh, of his career, providing he carries on with the way things are with him at the moment. Because sometimes you can uh, get some unbelievable publicity and uh, you start thinking you're far far better than you are. But uh, I, th- I think he's a tremendous player, James. The other lad. You know, he seems to be drifting in and out the side at the moment, isn't he? He doesn't seem to be, you know, number, not number one on the team sheet. But, he, you know, whereas you, I think, I, I don't know how many games James has played, but, uh, the other, you know, the other lad, I think, has most probably played half the amount of games. That, but I think the lad James is a tremendous player. Yeah, I think, I think, he's, I think he's done brilliant. When he plays, he gets forward. He's got good delivery as well. He's got good service from the right-hand side. Strikes a lovely ball. Callum Hudson-Odoi. Um, well, the, man- the manager, Tuchel, he's, he's turned around to him and uh, he put him on a sub, didn't he, a couple of games ago and then took the sub off. Yeah. Listen, he, he's stamped his authority on him. You know, if, if you're not doing what I tell you to do, you're coming off. And it's... It's probably given Callum Hudson Adore a bit of a kick up the backside, but he's producing now, yeah. and that's the main thing. You know, he's and, and forget what's happened. He, he put him on a sub and he's taken him off. That's gone by the by now. Just get on and, and keep playing, but you've got to do what I tell you to do. He's the boss. 
Yeah, I've, I do I do suspect that James will play on the right wing back and possibly Hudson-Odoi will play out on wide right position. Gents, just sort of, sort of go back to Leeds United and the actual ground of Ellen Road. You, you, know, you said they had you know, great atmosphere. Was it sort of type of intimidating atmosphere that certain players that you played with sort of buckled because of the you know, abuse or you know the intimidating atmosphere that Leeds produced? No, I don't think it, it had anything to do with the crowd or anything like that. It's just that I think they were an exceptional side. And, you know, the likes of uh, Billy Bremner and Johnny Giles and Eddie Gray would have got in any top uh, side, the same as like Pete Rosgood, Alan Hudson and Charlie Cook. So uh, it was just a tough place to go to uh, to get a result. I, I remember going to Ellen Road, not, not with uh, not with Chelsea, but with uh, uh, another club. And we had... Um... We had a guy sort of like um, on trial, really, on loan. And uh, and it was an Aussie. And he, he said to me before the game, he said, what's, he said, what's Ellen Road like? I said, well, so I, I said, it's some place. I said, but uh, they're really good fans. You know, they, they appreciate you and they're really, really good to you. I said, one of the things you can do to help you out, and I said it as a joke, I said, is to go over and give them a wave. Well, when we got there, we walked on the pitch and the crowd started booing. I said, if you go over there and give them a wave, they'll give you a cheer. And he walked over and started waving. Well, they threw stuff at him. They killed, they'd absolutely killed him. I think he lasted 12 minutes during the game. Because every time he got the ball, they mullered him. <laughs> so the manager, the manager had to take him off after 15 minutes. Bless him. And he didn't play again. You've got to be ready. You've got to be ready for it. They're, they're, they're merciless, that crowd. <laughs> it is an interesting rivalry between Chelsea and Leeds. It's just a shame that obviously with COVID happening at the moment that fans aren't there to do similar to what you just sort of described, Gal. But um, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm I'm personally expecting a win tomorrow. I think that Tuchel's got the the, the side quite on song, but also he's probably got a one eye on the game against Atletico Madrid in the in the Champions League. Gents, I just want to sort of quickly sort of touch on that if I if we can. We won one nil at, at their place. It was a fantastic performance. Are you predicting, gents, that we can go through to the quarterfinals? <clears throat> well obviously I think when it comes to returning it's gonna be a, a difficult game, but uh, it must be a, a terrific advantage that you've You've gone over there and won one nil. I think uh, so. I'm quietly confident that we will progress, uh, you know, in, into the next round. Yeah, I, I'm the same as well. And I, I thought I thought it was uh, another exceptional display when we played them over there, and especially winning one nil. Uh, it's it's up to them, isn't it? That it, what they get, what sort of tactics are they gonna are they gonna produce on the night? Are, are they gonna come and attack us? Well, they've got to try and get a goal back, um, and they'll probably, hopefully, later on in the second half, leave themselves open, and we can nick another couple of goals. But I'm, I'm really, really confident we'll go through. I think the first goal will be key on on Wednesday night. It, obviously, if we get it, then there's there's a very high chance, I believe, we we will go through. If Atletico get it. I don't think they'll sort of rest on their laurels. I do think they'll probably go out and get us, you know, try and get a second or even a third. So 
we have to sort of be strong, and I think that Tuchel will do that with with the back with the back five. I think he will obviously change certain players' positions as well. So that will be an interesting test for us. Yeah, they'd be interesting. Yeah, like like you just said, there'd be interesting to see what what side he picks. Will he pick a more defensive side or will he pick a, an attacking side? It's very difficult, Ron, isn't it? What well, would I you think, do? Um, you know, I, I think, you know, maybe we're old-fashioned, but, you know, they say the best form of defence is to attack. So I think the onus is on Chelsea, you know, for the first, you know, 20 minutes just to see how the game lies and see, uh, you know, what the opposition, whether they're going to continue plan defensively or or what but uh, no I'm quite confident that we're we're progress through to the next stage. Gents if we just move on quickly to a certain birthday that occurred this week it was Chelsea's 116th birthday that fell a couple of days ago I just want to sort of quickly discuss certain birthday memories if, if you will what sort of memories do you count whenever you had your birthdays when you was playing football so have you got any sort of stories you can tell whenever sort of a birthday came around and it was perhaps yours or a family members but you had to play football on that same day well it, it, it was a it was a thing like if if if, if your birthday fell on a match day, you just had to get on with it. You, you, you go and play the game. Um, but um, I remember a couple of times, uh, not only birthdays, but um, over Christmas time, you know, being locked up in hotels for, for two or three days, you know, where you had two or three games on the boxing day. That was tough. Birth, birthdays, it was just a, just a normal thing. Normally, you'd go into training. They'll, they'll come out with a cake or something like that for you or sing your happy birthday. And then fry it all over you, you know, or, or trash your trash your car, or or something like that, you know. But yeah, that's that's what I remember for my birthdays. And obviously, when you're playing, it's it's birthdays come along, and some, there's some you want to remember, there's some you want to forget, because it's brilliant being 29 years of age if you're a football player, because you're not 30. Because 30, everyone says, well, you're washed up, you're getting old, and so I'd rather be 29 for about 15 years. I think I was. Well, you was wrong, weren't you? You was 29 for yeah, about, about uh, 30 years. You know, it, it all, everybody seemed to know when the players' birthdays were. Uh, one thing what they used to do, I, I, you know, I don't think it happened in Chips this time because I don't think the characters was around your teammates, is that they used to get the old boot polish and, you know, get the old black polish and, Rub round your uh, down below sort of thing. So yeah, <laughs> that was one of the things that Ozzy and all them used to get up to. But, uh, but no, they, they, you know, they'd, you know, when if you was training at Chelsea for the day, uh, you know, you used to get everybody knew when your birthdays were. They say, come, let's go across the road, or you know, just stand full and uh, and have a couple of drinks and that. And and I think that. You know, without knocking, say, sides today, and I'm sure it happened in Chipsy time, if, if somebody said, oh, it's, it's so-and-so's birthday or whatever it is, you'd always get, you know, if there was 16, 17 of you in the squad, I'd guarantee you'd always get a dozen of you who'd go out and have a few drinks. I'm sure it happened in your time, Chips, didn't it? 
Yeah, we, we, we'd pop out and have uh, orange juice, uh, Coke, you know, that sort of stuff. No, no uh, alcoholic beverages, obviously. Yeah. Yeah, but we'd all, yeah, meet down the pub and have a Coke and, um, no, we'd, we'd, you'd go right on the lash, wouldn't you? You'd have a right good few pints and enjoy it, eh, really? That's, that's what it used to be. <laughs> Slightly changed now. Yeah. But it all, it all added to the, the team spirit. That, that was what it was all about, Ronnie, wasn't it? Well, I, I Coming out together and, and, and socialising together. That, that's what was, that was well, all about. I, I, I remember when, uh, you had, like, one day we we train at of a Friday down at Stamford Bridge, and you know there used to be a secretary John Battersby. He'd come in and say, "Look, you know Ron, could you, you know, do something?" There's a a young lad in St Stephen's Hospital, which was about what half a mile down the road that's just got something, an illness or an operation. Could you have a chat with one or two of the lads? And you know you you'd put it around in the dressing room, and you'd always get. I would think seven or eight of the lads that were quite happy to go down and, uh, you know, meet, you know, some photos done with the lads and things like that. And, uh, you know, and I, I'm, I'm going to repeat myself and say that I was very privileged uh, to play for Chelsea and captain a side and a great bunch of lads. Very well put. Um, another birthday that occurred as well quite recently is a certain Didier Drogba. It was his birthday yesterday. Uh, gents, obviously, you part of the hospitality sector, but at the time Drogba was playing, did you ever get the opportunity to meet him? And if you did, what was he like? And also, what was he like to watch as a striker? Well, I think the fella's record as a, <coughs> as a striker speaks for itself. But <coughs> I, I think the only time that... You know, I, I don't say I was in his companies when they used to have these end of the season player of the year awards and you'd, you know, you'd nod over. Or, you know, I've, I've never really had a 20 minute conversation or anything like that because they're most probably got other things to do. But as I say, anybody that can score goals as regular as he said, it's got to be worth their weight in gold. Yeah, he was, um, the same as Ron, you, you, you see him at the, the player of the year and, you, and, you, and you'll say hello and, and that, but, but a player for Chelsea, he was unbelievable, considering the start he had, because he, he, he didn't start his career at Chelsea too well, you know, he, he mm. kept him falling over, and, but once he got the hang of the Premier, the Premier League, he, he was unbelievable, and at times un, unstoppable and unplayable, you know, playing against him, he, he, he had everything, uh, pace, Height, strength, could hold the ball up, and that's what. That, when he retired, Chelsea actually missed him, you know, a, a, a much more than probably what they thought they was going to do. Because you, you ping the ball up to to Didier, and he'll, he'll hold it up for half an hour. Where he, he was that strong, you know, and that quick, and it must have been hard for for, for centre halves to mark someone like that. He was always on the move in the box, and a great team player as well. He he done fantastic for Chelsea, one of the all-time greats. Yeah, I remember um, one sort of game. I remember it was his early spell was against West Brom at home, and he missed chance after chance after chance, and it got to a point where our own fans were booing him and just saying, "Get the f out of our club!" You know, you're not good enough. And uh, even the season after oh uh, five oh six, he was sort of having chances that 
normally a decent striker would put away, but he, he wasn't. It was only the season after he came alive and he scored 20, 30 goals that season. Yes, we did win the league, but he, you know, he was absolutely outstanding. He scored some fantastic goals around about 2006, 2007. So yeah, for me, Drogba, I wasn't his biggest fan when you know when he first came in, but he he certainly proved the doubters wrong. And you know, he uh, for me he is up there with the all-time great Chelsea strikers, in my opinion. A, a thing with him as well, you know, it, it probably would have been easier for, in the first two seasons for him, like like Pulisic, you're out the side, you know, wants to move. It would have been easier for Didier to to have done that, but he stuck at it. He knew he was going to come good at some stage. And it, like you said, it took him two seasons. That's what it takes a bit of time. I hope Christian Pulisic is listening to this. You know, you just got to be patient, wait, wait for your turn, turn it on. But yeah, Didier was fantastic. Well, in regards to Didier, we hope that he he obviously had had a good birthday. But we also hope that we do perform well against Leeds United tomorrow. It's a huge game. It's at half twelve kickoff. And um, if you're listening to this. In England, sorry, you're, it'll be on BT Sport. And uh, gents, just by the way, we do have, um, <laughs> we do have a American following as well. We've got a lot of people in Washington DC that are listening to us at the moment. And, uh, Mr. Chivers, your video announcing that uh, you joined the Blue Day podcast, it's nearly reached 400 views on YouTube already. Oh, fantastic. Good. Good. <laughs> How many we got over there? I don't have the actual numbers itself, but I have got the percentage. We've got about 20% of our overall audience is from America. Brilliant. That's not bad, Ronnie, is it? There is a, you know, every so often you get quite a few. Uh, I remember going over there uh, a couple of times years ago uh, at the supporters, different areas in America. And it, they, they have a huge following over there, Chelsea, of uh, Americans. And by the way, we're free to go over there, Ron, aren't we? Any if time, yeah. To get Chopper and Chivs over there, we'd, we'd love to come over to Washington. It'd be brilliant <laughs> going over there. So if anyone wants to, yeah, get, get in contact with Keith. Yes. <laughs> It's, if anybody's got any uh, sort of tickets that they would like to give to us, contact us at the Blue Day Podcast at gmail dot com. That that would be a nice trip. But um, I've I've actually got the stats here, and this is this is how great we've done, and the feedback we've received from our first episode the other week was f- fantastic. We've got um you know we've got people in Australia that are listening to us at the moment. So thank you very much for that. We've got people in France, New Zealand, and South Africa. So thank you very much for all them that like the Blue Day podcast. I went over to Australia many years ago to do a, uh, some speaking and the, the travelling around, it, it, you know, from one place to the other uh, is, is horrendous. But you have some great supporters in Australia and America in some of the places that you've mentioned. And like we said, we'll go over to all of them, Rob, won't we? Yeah. <laughs> as long as we can they stay overnight. Over there. Yeah. They want us over there, we're going. We're, we're off. We're off. <laughs> First class expenses, all, all paid for. Brilliant. All, all, um, yeah, all, all paid for. Yeah, fantastic. So, gents, what we're going to do with the Leeds United game, we're actually what we're going to do for the games between now and, of course, the end of the season, we're actually going to do some predictions. So, with the Leeds United game coming up, 
I'm predicting a 3-1 to Chelsea. Ron, I'll start with you. What do you predict? I think it'll be a very close encounter, and I'll say 1-0 to Chelsea. I'm I'm saying I'm saying tough game, tough game. We're, might be under a little bit of pressure first half, but when we settle down, I say two nil to Chelsea. Two nil to Chelsea. Okay, so what we're going to do on our next episode, we're going to have a look at this, and then we might once we get a few games under our belt, we might actually have a league table. And who knows? There might actually be a trophy for the person who finishes top. Who knows? Yeah, I'll, I'll tell you how to spell Chivers. Yeah, we just put it on there now because I'm bound to win. <laughs> Listen, I, I, I'll tell you what we'll do, Keith. If, yes. Uh, whoever, if, if you're going to do, a, say, like a table or something like that, uh, or give so many points to the, uh, for people that want to look in, uh, you know, not so much this year because it's not football, but... Uh, We'll give them, we'll get them two tickets for any of their games of their choice to the winner that gets the most uh, correct or nearest, how you ever want you to organise a competition. Uh, if they're Chelsea supporters, they got, they, they need to pick out a game as long as they give us plenty of notice when the fixtures come out. <clears throat> and we're, we're, get, we're meet and greet them at Chelsea. We take them round, uh, on the match days. And we give them two tickets for, for the game. Wow, fantastic. That's a wonderful idea, Ron. Yeah. Get the viewers in. We need the viewers in. More viewers, don't we? Get them in. Yeah. yeah. Terrific. Fantastic. Right. We're going to end it momentarily, but we just want to, I just want to do one more announcement. In regards to, there was something that we put out on Facebook and also Instagram about we want to get Chelsea supporters involved with this Blue Day podcast, as we've now have, you know, two fantastic co-hosts in Chopper and Chivs. We want to have more supporters be part of this Blue Day podcast as well. So what we're going to do starting next week, if not next week, it will be the week after, we're going to have a question time with Chopper and Chivs. So if you have any questions that you want to ask Ron Chopper-Harris or Gary Chivers, anything you want that's football-related or, in fact, Chelsea-related, send in your questions to the Blue Day Podcast at gmail.com. They will be asked on air, and hopefully you will get the answer that you want. But if there's any questions you want, if you want to talk about their playing careers, if you want to talk about anything you want, as long as it's not something silly as in what did they have for dinner the other night or anything like that, send in your questions to the Blue Day podcast at gmail.com. We will more than happy to uh, take the questions. And yeah, this, this is, this, for me, this will be quite exciting to get other people's sort of views. And I think this is a great, great way to interact with more Chelsea supporters, not just from this country, but from around the world. No, that's a brilliant idea. Yeah, and we'll be happy to answer them, Rob, won't we? Yeah, any truthfully. Any truthfully. Brilliant. Well, that is it for this week's episode of the Blue Day podcast. I'd like to thank my co-hosts, Ron Chopper-Harris and Gary Chivers, for joining me again today. We're going to watch the Leeds United-Chelsea game with great interest, and hopefully there is three points for the mighty Chelsea. We will be back to hopefully review the Leeds United game, but also the Atletico Madrid game. So we will announce when our next episode will be on. But 
All I can say is, gentlemen, is thank you very much again for being part of this podcast and thank you listeners for listening in. Stay safe and carefree. Podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network.